0: What is up, everybody? This is Ryan for The Skill-Up Show. I have Dave Fink on today, who is the CEO and founder of Posty. Something really cool that Dave did is the company's only been around for five and a half years, started early, took took a little funding early on, and has grown it all the way to a late Series B without ever taking another round of funding again. What? I know. Crazy, isn't it? So I had to share this with you. Really cool way that he's grown, and his company has a super unique value prop on a, uh, actually for a legacy business that is huge. It was just massively underserved. So you're not gonna wanna miss this, super unique and interesting, check it out. How do you grow like a VC-backed company without taking on investors? Do you want to create a lifestyle business, a performance business, or an empire? How do you scale to an exit without losing your freedom? Those are the questions and this show is the answer. So Dave, before we get started, I want to do a real quick revenue rundown just so people understand kind of where you're at in your stage of the journey. So where are you at in terms of your revenue journey? Like what stage are you in, or, or what what kind of area are you in um, in terms of your range?
1: Yeah, so um, you know we're in this unique position where we've we've um, we've been a profitable business um, for years, and we're we're not in market um, looking for a fundraise. So we tend to keep um, you know our our um you know th- those type of numbers close to the vest at least for right now um but to kind of give you a sense of of where we are um you know we're we're a sneaky big company um we've uh, been growing by you know 2 to 3x year over year um for for 6 years um we service a few thousand customers and um and to kind of put it in perspective the the um while well, we've only you know done a seed round of funding that was five years ago and we have through our own growth and, um, and profit, um, you know, are, are able to behave, you know, like a late series B company.
0: Um, okay. so it,
1: it, it's a, it's a sizable company.
0: Yeah. I, I'd say that's awesome. I mean, 50 people gunning towards nine figures in revenue. I think that's, that's what I heard you say, correct? Like that's what you're trending towards. Y- yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. All right. So what's your primary go-to-market strategy? Um, so you're, you're catching, it's a really interesting time. Um,
1: up until about a year and a half ago, we spent exactly $0 in, in marketing, which is, is pretty goofy. Um, we certainly invested in, um, a very thoughtful, high intellect, talented, um, uh, sales organization. Um, but, uh, 100% of our revenue came from either kind of our direct sales effort or um, or word of mouth. And I think we built a, a good reputation in the market. So, you know, over, the longer we existed, the more um, kind of balanced that became. But it's definitely, it, it historically had been a sales, um, you know, led go to market. The, about a year and a half ago, we finally started investing in marketing and it was, I would say, we, we got to a place where it was a super thin layer of a little bit of everything, right? So we stood up our search, we stood up, um, you know, some of our um, performance marketing, like, um, you know, LinkedIn, very targeted LinkedIn uh, marketing, certainly a bigger content strategy, um, you know, bigger investment in, um, and just pro- internal product marketing, education within the sales and CS organizations, and everything we touched from a marketing perspective led to acceleration period and and it was like it was reassuring to see that we have a business that um, it it didn't just take a big investment in a huge sales organization um that that marketing and storytelling and awareness um uh you know kind of uh backed up our hypothesis that we had good strong product market fit and weren't just a good sales organization um moving into 20 you know 2022 this is the year where we've been mission driven of migrating from a sales-led organization to a marketing-led organization. And I don't know, I mean, we'll have to come back on and do a recap and, you know, an update <laughs> in two years and see, um, you know, what that balance looks like. But, you know, certainly from my perspective, the holy grail is if we could be in control of um, driving awareness, education, um, you know, all the things that I, I would consider like pre-sales leading up to um, the get, getting prospect accounts um, flowing in and educated so that by the time they engage with our sales organization, they're much deeper in the funnel. They're really well-educated, um, and they're looking to talk in terms of specifics and product demo and, um, you know, feature scope, uh, that would be a huge win. And so that, that is absolutely our mission. We're kind of learning that business as we go. Um, but, um, yeah, the whole team's on board. Um, I've been very vocal about this transformation over the last six months. And um, certainly everyone from our SDR organization to our marketing organization, to our CS and retention organizations, and certainly our frontline, you know, uh, account executives are all are all excited about it.
0: So um, it's, it's just an interesting time to, to be asking that question. Cool, ma'am. That's really interesting. We're gonna have to dig into that later. So can you walk us through your solution exactly? I, um, because you have a really unique model, and I'd, I'd love to just hear a little bit more about it in a couple sentences, you know, just quick summary.
1: Yeah, I mean, high level, um, you know, we, uh, we come from the world of digital marketing. Most of the businesses that my co-founder and I and really the executive team here had been involved with were kind of ranged between building marketing technology platforms in emerging digital channels, um, all with kind of a, a very performance, quantitative, test and optimization um, focus. Um, and then also spent a lot of time building out direct consumer brands that all got their competitive advantage by understanding um, how to leverage emerging channels, test optimization, um, and all the prediction and, um, and performance that can come um, from kind of controlled growth strategy. So, you know, fast forward to about six years ago when, you know, Posty was born... Um, you know, we were feeling the pain that most marketers were feeling, where we had so few fail points in our growth. You know, namely social and um, and a bit of search, and uh, and so and we just needed to find that third and fourth, um, you know, um, uh, leg to our, to our marketing stool in order to kind of de-risk um, some of the challenges that that come with with you know with the big behemoths and and kind of hitching our wagons to the Facebooks and Googles of the world. And so for us, you know, um, you know, we really, we, we actually looked around for, 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 um, you know, uh, you know, for a long time trying to find, you know, what that new emerging digital channel is going to be. It was before TikTok existed. It was before snap had an ads platform. There just wasn't anything big. And so that led us offline. And because again, we're performance driven, we're quant, Minded, um, we want control over um, you know the optimization um, of our of our media spend. You know DM um, direct mail became an interesting you know um, uh, you know channel that we kind of gave ourselves a refresher on, and um, and you know fast forward to today, we we learned that this channel is a monstrous um, you know incredibly scalable channel, very data rich. You know all of the capabilities um, to be able to test and optimize no different than we do in in you know, on Instagram ads or LinkedIn ads or, you know, Facebook or you know um, uh, search ads etc. Or, or programmatic for that matter. Um, what was missing was the technology to make it kind of possible to um, to to do so dynamically. It's still a very very manual, labor intensive, long lead time channel, and so. You said in two sentences, I apologize, I went down the rabbit hole, but um, <laughs> that, you know, to, to summarize it, you know, our, our vision is let's build the ad serving um, you know, technology layer to empower digital minded marketers or marketers that expect a lot from their, um, the tools powering their, their marketing channels to
0: be just as excited and capable of doing the direct mail channel. Um, so so that, that's, that's posting. Love it. So we're definitely going to dig deeper into that. So, and then are you, <clears throat> we, we talked about this, I think, in a little bit, you're bootstrapped, um, 100% bootstrapped right now, correct?
1: No, no. Um, uh, so we we bootstrapped the first six to nine months or so, um, got okay. to um, you know, product market fit, got to a real revenue run rate. Um brought in some um, we were uh, the, co- the company really was founded in Los Angeles um, and um brought in some um you know can tier one Los Angeles um venture funds that we had worked with for for decades on different um businesses and um just a great set of investors, uh really light. Um so that's certainly a number we can talk about. We raised um three and a half million dollars. That was in 2017, um uh July, I believe, so right about now. Um and um, uh, we have not raised um, another um, penny of outside capital since we've run profitably. Um, and you know that, that was kind of more of a security um, blanket raise than it was a, a growth raise. Uh, and to be quite honest at that time, we didn't, um, we didn't know we weren't gonna raise more capital. Um, we just kind of went into it saying, hey, we have a little bit more risk tolerance um, now that we have um, some money in the bank. Uh, and that led us probably to, to lean in a little bit more aggressively, which led to onboarding more customers, better building better product, faster, and um, and that in turn um, allowed us to 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 come back out the end of that year profitable again and and um, and just be in a position where we didn't need to or, or or you know, want to raise additional capital. So it wouldn't be fair to say we were bootstrapped because we did raise, you know, a, an amount of money that I think most companies outside of Silicon Valley or LA would look and say like, that's, that's real money. But compared to the, you know, $30 million, $40 million series A's that are going on right now, um, yeah, we, we've been very,
0: very cash efficient. Oh yeah, I would say so. I mean, definitely you hear monstrous numbers being thrown out there all the time. So, um, so let's move forward a little bit. Um, so you mentioned your, your background was in digital marketing or, you know, in the digital space, you and your co-founder, like, what was the 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 path, I guess, that you took to get here? There's a lot of celebrity experiences that you had in terms of supporting them and brands. So we just love how you got to this point, right? How you went from there to founding your own company and and would love to hear that story. Sure. Um,
1: Well, so I knew pretty early on that I wanted to be an entrepreneur. Um, I just also, I think, was well aware that I didn't have the confidence or holistic skills to do it. And um, and and I had a you know number of friends and, and colleagues who were just those whiz kids. They, I mean, I, I have friends who had you know multi six figure or multi seven figure businesses that they're running in high school. as like juniors and seniors of high school. Um, they just figured it out. I, I was not that that person. Um, I was somebody who needed to learn. Um, you know, needed mentorship, needed, um, uh, you know, to be educated in in the world of business and and technology, quite frankly. So, you know, first job out of college, um, uh, you know, led me to about a seven year stint, um, you know, in advertising sales at a kind of web 1.0, um, Uh, marketing platform um, called, back in the day was called Cool Savings and eventually um, rebranded as Q Interactive and they focused on lead generation and display networks and email networks. And um, that really taught me kind of the quantitative performance marketing business, but it also got me selling directly into fast growth startups. And I I just, I vividly remember selling into companies, um, you know, uh, that Started out as, yeah, you know, where my first meeting would be at like some crummy office on card tables with like 15 people and we'd be in business together. And then you know, two years later, there'd be a bunch of Ferraris outside and they'd be in these beautiful office spaces that were all branded with signage on the side of the business or building. And, and it just blew my mind that like a couple smart people could like come up with an idea and all of a sudden, you know, be generating, you know, tons of revenue and tons of value in the marketplace. And I just, I didn't, I didn't, I needed to do that. So, you know, my career since then has really been kind of, you know, kind of hitching my wagon against other early stage companies, um, savvy entrepreneurs, typically who had done it before, where I, there was just something to learn. And, and I was able to go to work and, and you know, work hard and, and help them accomplish yeah, their goals of, of launching and, and scaling their businesses and, and, and along the way was able to kind of pick up the, the broader set of skills ranging from, from management to how you hire and structure teams to how technology evolves, how you, you know, build product, how you manage um, and work with engineering and data science teams. Um, so kind can each step along the way, regardless of what the company was or did, um, for me, it was, it was as much, it was like this trade-off of, I'm going to go give you hours. Yes. I need a paycheck to be able to pay the bills, but more I need, you know, I need to learn. I need you to be willing to answer my questions. I need you to allow me in the room when, when big decisions are being made. And, um, and I would say for many years, I got myself into businesses where like earned roles were like, I was way in over my head or I felt like I was, and was like kind of you know, paddling as fast as I could to try and keep my head just above the waterline. Um, and and then I would say probably, you know, 12 years ago um, when um, I helped launch Science, which is a, the tech studio that um, in Santa Monica that launched about 75 different businesses, including Dollar Shave Club and Dog Vacay and, and um, uh, you know, a, a number of, of really interesting businesses. Um That was kind of the first time i think i was in a role in a position where i was like okay like i'm well equipped to do this and that incubator let me play the role of investor um kind of growth leader um mentor um business builder and 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 i got to do that um i think i was there about six or seven years and and um and that kind of led me back into um, the motivation to want to start, um, something from scratch again, um, this time be singularly focused on, on solving one problem.
0: Um, and that, that, you know, that, that's been my path. Okay. That's cool, man. I love it. I absolutely love it. So, so let's talk about your company, right? Um, I'm going to hear more about Posty because I I think it's intriguing. So I guess like with your solution, I, I, I get it. So It's basically like, and correct me if I'm wrong, but it's a platform or a SaaS solution that helps manage direct mail components for either prospecting, customer relationship management, or just like retargeting, right? Are those kind of like the three buckets? That's what I I was doing research for the show.
1: Yeah, those are the three like like the, the capabilities on the, on the, the executional side, um, supports the, the full funnel of marketing, right? DM is is one of those unique channels where, um, it it's effective in top of funnel acquisition, really really big, scalable, effective channel. Um, it's incredibly effective, you know, deeper in the funnel on your retention, your lifetime value building, your customer re-engagement strategies, and then, um, using modern technologies and identity. Um, You can now run programmatic campaigns that include retargeting or or daily triggers tied to certain behaviors. Um, The way we think about um, the the business uniquely is it's it's kind of the channel management um, solution. And and the three buckets that we focus on building software workflow um, support in is um, better targeting. Um, so, you know, how you can, um, you know, reach the right customers or prospects or, um, um, you know, site visitors, um, leveraging very similar modeling and targeting capabilities as you apply to your social campaigns or your programmatic campaigns, um, simpler execution. So, you know, direct mail, unlike digital, like every time you um, you deploy a campaign, there is complex um, um, operations, production and logistics going on. And and a lot of. Um, you know, kind of marketing teams or brands, you know, spend a lot of resources in and just the, the pure like management of the the production. And, and and our perspective is like we don't want you as a marketer to have to think about that at all. We want you to think about you know marketing, and we'll handle the full um, you know execution, um, and then um, and then um, you know better measurement as well, cleaner measurement. So um, direct mail is a measurable channel. And um, and providing, you know, technology and, and automation to ensure, um, you know, cleanliness around data in and data out allows you to know what's going on in your campaign so that you can better allocate um, uh, your budgets moving
0: forward to, to maximize performance from the channel. Okay. So that makes sense. So number one question is, if it's direct mail, where are you getting the, like, how are people getting addresses for like their client base then if they don't have them?
1: Yeah, well, so the the, the last part of the question is if you if you don't have them, um, uh, you know, which would be if you're CR- if if you're looking at CRM campaigns and you're selling direct to consumer or you have a loyalty program, chances are you know the CRM database would be mapped to physical address. Um, but if you're looking at prospecting, um, just like uh, you know, a digital, a digital platform, um, Posty's built a, a data management platform and has partnered up with the most credible names in, um, in, uh, in, in direct mail data. Oftentimes those are the same players that are working in digital as well. Um, but, um, you know, those data, um, you know, data solutions carry really predictive data on um, individuals and households. Um, they they typically carry data on upwards of about two hundred and sixty million um, individuals at, a, at a, you know at, at one hundred fifty million households. That's kind of the entire addressable um, market above the age of eighteen, and um, and and we carry that data and and make it accessible in a compliant um, environment so that any advertiser can come in and think about um, hey how do I gain insights on um, who my existing customers are how do I Build lookalikes from um, that that knowledge base that that will help you unlock, and then and then um, and then how do I use these interesting data sets to to actually um, execute campaigns targeting um, th- those audience segments that look like my best performers or my highest LTV or recent purchasers? So all that data lives on on the Posty servers, and um, and no different than kind of logging in, connecting your um, database with. Um, Trade desk, or DV three hundred and sixty, or um, Facebook, or um, or Google, you know, Display Network. Um, you can in- integrate with Postie. The difference is that the uh, the what comes out the back end is is a direct mail piece versus a yeah you know, a newsfeed ad or a, a search listing.
0: Okay, got it. Yeah, I mean it's a smart partnership, so that totally makes sense. So let me let's let's talk about your company. You've obviously had rapid growth. You took that initial funding, and then you haven't needed to since then, which is awesome and very uncommon, you know what what would you say is the number one growth strategy that you deployed to make that a reality? I mean look, you know as well as anybody it's hard to isolate any
1: one thing. Um, there's so much uh, you know it's why I now have bags under my eyes um, <laughs> you know certain so, more gray hair than ever before. It's long hours and hard work and and um, lots of, of of trial and error. Um, look, the the real the real answer is you you build a great product um, that um, solves a pain point that a big enough um, total addressable market has, and you remain authentic to it. And I honestly think that that's the number one thing that we did. Like there's like we're not building like there's no hacks. There's no it's not smoke and mirrors. We didn't go out like many companies and raise a whole bunch of venture to go, like, build a 50 person sales team out of the gate and, and throw tens of millions of dollars at, at, you, know, at you know, storytelling. Um, uh, we built a, a product first and we kind of took our time finding those accounts that we thought we were um, best suited to service. And we worked on servicing those accounts well, and that led us and our sales team to, I think, understand who our ICP, um, you know, ideal customer profile was at different stages throughout the past six years and, and therefore be very efficient when we, you know, when we kind of grinded outreach. Because, for like I said, for many years, it really was, you know, um, you know leveraging cadencing software, certainly some of our own direct mail. And a lot of just um, personalized out, outreach to um, you know um, you know potential buyers at companies that that we just thought fit really nicely um, in our ICP um, if we did not have a quality product um, product market fit the ability to deliver on kind of what we were selling um, I don't think any sales tactic would work or it would work very, yeah, you know, very shortly, um, and um, and we've seen that with a lot of companies who have had to kind of rebuild or re re um, yeah you know, um, brand themselves after onboarding you know lots of customers and not actually delivering on on the product promise. Um, so I think that's that that's really the, the the truth. With that being said, if we didn't um, if we hadn't been a if we hadn't marketed like we didn't and we didn't invest in Um, onboarding, very talented sales professionals and supporting those sales professionals with, you know, really deep training and insights on the industry, our competition, um, and, and the pain point that we we were trying to solve from the start. Um, we obviously wouldn't have any, any customers either. Um, so really I think an investment in, in quality hiring in the sales organization, um, a heavy investment in, in just sales development developing them as individuals and and thought leaders in the space um yeah was 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 probably the biggest um
0: yeah kind of tactical strategy outside of just having good product market okay type. so let me i think that that makes sense so you know first first question is um on the product side like what did you do to create an amazing product because everybody's like that you yeah, build a great product right so like how do you take it one step deeper was there a certain amount of like direct conversations that you had was there like since you had the domain and product or I want to say product but domain and like um, functional expertise it was easy for you to do that like what, what just what's your real quick feedback on that yeah
1: so I, I think that was that's super savvy of you to pick up on and I probably wouldn't have thought about it but but I think you're absolutely right which is you know we did have the DNA and and you know, a couple decades of experience building um, quantitative you know marketing technology solutions. So we, but we did did not have the direct mail experience, right? And so we had to very, um, you know, uh, aggressively study the industry and understand, you know, why we were dissatisfied with the solutions that existed. So certainly mapping out kind of the the, the discontent, um, which then opens up kind of um, how technology could potentially make the channel behave better. Um, and that included deep conversations with the data providers, getting to know and tour lots of um, print production facilities, understanding how logistics works, um, kind of moving, um, you know, big, you know, big, um, you know, mail campaigns across the country we had to learn our way through the U.S. Postal Service. And, and that's, you know, a 600,000 person organization, um, incredibly, you know, well run, um, you know, despite some of the, you know, the, the jokes that that are out there. I mean, it really, is a a, a well-run organization um, that that's doing some pretty you know challenging work. Um, and then and then certainly it was talking to clients uh, or prospect customers. And and the the advantage that we had is that you know we had invested in, we had worked for, and just networked. Um, you know through you know the kind of who's who of of, um, brands that were built on aggressive customer acquisition, um, and performance marketing. So it was easy to talk to a hundred prospect customers, you know, within a few months and get a sense for, are they feeling the same pain points we're feeling in the digital space? And have they tried DM, you know, what if we did provide them this solution and, and very quickly, um, you know, we were able to, to kind of map the, the various components that needed to get built as well as, uh, um, substantiated or, or affirmed that the pain that we were feeling, it, it was consistent across the market. And that gave us the confidence to, to kind of put our head down and build for a while. Um, we tried to build, um, you know, uh, for the long term. So we didn't, you know, we didn't, I, I'm not a big believer in the lean model. I'm, I'm a believer in phasing out your product so that you can learn lessons quickly. But I think um, the idea of, you know, just kind of playing games of ripping out fake landing pages and seeing if people you know convert and respond and whatnot. Like that, that doesn't really tell tell the whole story. And so you know we were committed from the start. Um, it was about you know what the product was going to going to be, um, not if the product was going to be. And um, and um, uh, and then look the um, you know we learned every single day from every single um, you know. Um, you know, customer that we were able to onboard. And, and I would say easily two thirds of the features that we built on the platform have come um, by some organic ask that um, a client has had. And,
0: and that's just wins repeat. We'll be doing that for, you know, a decade. Okay. So that makes, that makes sense. And that's a, that's a good formula. Uh, and it sounds like you stacked it, you know, the, the vertical, expertise, if you were the domain expertise, then you had all the interviews, then you had the ongoing with every onboard. So I think that's really sharp. So what's your number one? It sounds like you've grown quite a bit, really fast. And so what would you say is your single biggest challenge that you're running into with growth right now?
1: Again, you like asking these like, these like, um, what's the single bit biggest and I have like a, a list, you know, a mile long of everything that keeps me up at night. And, I, um, I got to
0: ask the hard questions. It's my job. Yeah.
1: <laughs> um, they're fair. It, it is fair questions. Um, so I think one of the, one of the core challenges that we have is, you know, I think like many businesses, you know, we have our, um, you know, ICP again, ideal customer profile, like kind of four quadrant, um, X and Y access, um, where we, we think in terms of, you know, who our product you know is built to serve, who it could serve. And, um, and, and there's a broad set of, of prospect customers. We work, you know, very deeply with, you know, fast growth, challenger brands, you know, the digital native, direct-to-consumer brands, um, whether they're e-commerce or two-sided marketplaces or on-demand businesses. Um, we work with the most ma- mature, um, kind of original digital native sets that are now, you know, you know, some of them have, you know, 10, 20, $50 billion market caps. And then we also work with, the enterprise side of of the business, um, all the way up to fortune, you know, 40 companies, the they're each unique in how they're structured, um, from a sales perspective, the sales cycles are very different. Um, the potential decision, um, you know, the kind of buying decision processes are different. Um, they each have their own unique set of challenges and complexities. And when you're a young company and you have a product that is very good at servicing a broad set of the market, I think the challenge becomes how do you efficiently, especially when you're trying to do it like we are profitably, how, how do you um, continue to invest across you know each of those four quadrants from a marketing sales sales support um, perspective to to be able to effectively focus um, potentially on four different types of sales cycles, and. Um, I think that's the biggest challenge that 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 we have, um, because you know we do have um, you know some pretty you know pretty big aspirations. We think we can be helpful across a, a really big set of 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 businesses, and um, and we've chosen to to build a solution that that works for all of them. So yeah, you know, um, kind of I think really figuring out kind of the focus, the development, the support that goes into helping our sales team efficiently. Manage those sales cycles, um, meet client needs in the sales cycle because we know we have a product that serves serves them. So yeah.
0: that, I would say that's number one challenge. Is there of all, of those four buckets that you mentioned? Is there one that's like the the most difficult to kind of master for the team?
1: Well, so we think about um, we, we think about I mean our, our our biggest kind of quadrants, and we drill down into each one of them, but is it's really simple. It's it's are they an emerging brand or where on the spectrum are they from emerging brand to enterprise and maturity and where are they where is their commitment to direct mail? Are they power users, hundreds of millions of dollars spent in direct mail or are they they've never even seen a stamp before and you know, would have no idea, you know, where to begin. The easiest set I think is the Never done direct mail or very light experience, um, and 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 they could fall into either the emerging bucket or the enterprise bucket. But in those cases, I think you know we help demystify and um and and alleviate some of the the fear of the unknown and make it really simple and fast to to be able to get in market, learn, optimize, and find success. Um, when you get into um, certainly the 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 bigger the enterprise, the more complex it is, just because there are more stakeholders. And in organizations that are that have been doing direct mail for a long time, you know, what you you sometimes find is that um, some organizations are very sophisticated in in case the reality is most of them are. But they're oftentimes um, managing that channel um, in a very antiquated way compared to the way they're managing all their digital channels. And so it's a game of educating them on the possibilities it's helping them understand that um, it, this is this like it, like this is tr- you know, helping them believe that there is a platform that helps them with everything from complex data science and targeting and modeling to campaign execution to optimization to logistics and production and to measurement. Because in their world, there might be a fifty-person team that's handling all those different things, and um, and a lot of that management still being done on Excel um, or you know PowerPoint. And, um, and whiteboards, and so the question is, is how do you get in and learn the pain points that each different stakeholder has and and kind of um, run a sales um, process that um, uh, confidently addresses our ability to meet each of the, those needs, those, um, and solve each of those pain points without coming across um, as, um, I think, um, uh, you know, you uh, know, um, Anxiety provoking that that there's this new technology that must be so complicated and whatnot. Um, so I would say that bucket, right? The bigger the enterprise is, the more ingrained direct mail is to their current marketing mix. Those become um, more complicated sales cycles, but those are those are businesses that we can provide you know a ton of value to, and so we're really motivated to um, to um, get better at at at
0: uh, understanding how to onboard those clients excellent man yeah that's that's one of the um and with the the pandemic as well happening um i think on average the number of buyers involved for like enterprise deals increased by like four so there's there's like four more note buyers now (laughs) since the pandemic than it was prior just because people are less organized um in terms of some of their communication because they're not all in the office right so um so that, that adds credence to that um so we are actually up on time though um And I can keep talking about this for especially enterprise sales, man. That's my jam, um, for another hour or two. But, um, unfortunately I know we both got day jobs. So where, where can people find you? Where can they find out more about posty? Because like, I think there's so many opportunities for what you do and how you do it right now to cut through the noise. I mean, Facebook ads alone, I've read that paid ads, not just, I think it's not just Facebook, but Google's have gone up like 40% over the last year. So, um, And we're heading amazing opportunity for what you're doing. So where can people find you? We're going to find out more about Posty so they could uh, hear about your solution.
1: Yeah. So our website's a great place to start. Um, we're constantly rolling out more, um, you know, content and case studies and insights, um, as, as we learn. Um, so that's postie P-O-S-T-I-E.com. Um, if you have questions directly for me or you want to engage directly, um, through, um, with, with me, LinkedIn is, and, and LinkedIn messenger are the kind of that, that's my go-to platform easiest way to reach me. And so it's just Dave Fink. Um, And, um, yeah, like we'll, we'll, we'll get you set up if you're looking for, um, a demo or a conversation with, um, you know, a strategy professional, or if you have just questions for me, feel free to reach out.
0: Awesome, man. Well, thanks for making yourself available and I love what you're doing and how you took advantage of it. Um, just the opportunity of there being white space there. So I'm super excited about it. So thanks for being on the show, Dave. And, um, we look forward to seeing y'all on the next episode. Thanks for having me. Thank you for checking out The Scale-Up Show. My mission in life is to help founders and revenue leaders avoid all the pain and suffering